0: Hey everyone. I'm Dr. Allison, and I'm so glad you're here to discover what brings out the best of you. This podcast is all about breaking free from painful patterns, mending the past and discovering our true selves in God. I can't wait to get started as we learn together how to become the best version of who we are with God's help. Hey everyone, welcome to the special bonus episode of the Best of You podcast. I'm so excited today to answer two questions. Now, I sent out a request for questions through my Thursday email newsletter. And if you're not signed up for that, I hope you'll sign up for it right now. You can go to my website, it's drallisoncook.com. You'll get two free ebooks and a free guided audio reflection that's really powerful. You get those for free for signing up, and I'll send you an email every Thursday with lots of extras and resources and links to everything that's going on with the work that I do. So please sign up for that, but I sent out a request for questions last week. I got a ton of responses, and what I did is I boiled it down to two that I'm going to answer in today's episode, and these are based on the past two episodes if you haven't heard them, episode one on narcissism and episode two on gaslighting. So we're going to move into some practical application through these Q&A as you've been following along with this podcast. So the first question I thought was such a great question. And I hear this kind of thing a lot in my practice from the people with whom I work. So, this is from Brit. I've changed names to preserve anonymity. So if you do write in with questions, please know I will safeguard your anonymity. But the question is this. My spouse was emotionally absent for 10 years. In the past two years, God has gotten a hold of his life and he has shown real change. But the patterns of lies and deception are hard to shake. I feel angry and I'm struggling to trust him. "'What should I do?' So this is such a great question, and it sort of gets at this idea of can people change, right? It's as if I was married to somebody who used this gaslighting tactic that we learned about last week in episode two. They would lie. They would project things onto me. That was emotionally abusive in many ways for a long period of time. Now we're hearing God has gotten a hold of him. like He seems to want to change. There seems to be Meaningful movement toward growth, toward health, but isn't it hard to trust? And should I trust? And can I trust? Can this person really change? So, here's what I want to say first of all the relationship has changed, and you have to account for that. If you've been married to someone who struggles in any of these ways and there is real change, that's wonderful. That's great. I want to validate that. I do believe people can change. But here's the thing. It's not just the person who's changed. It's now the whole entire relationship has changed. So there's two things that have to happen. One is time. And two is a new connection. It's not just time. Time Will help. You need time. You've said it's been, in this case, about two years of change. That's a good amount of time. That's helpful, right? To see someone over a long period of time two, three years really show evidence of changed behaviors, of an ability to speak honestly, of an ability to admit it when they're wrong, to disclose transparently and authentically what they're doing to grow, heal, and change. That's huge. And I don't want to underestimate that. That's a big deal. But that introduced a new element into your relationship. If you think about a relationship like a contract, those first 10 years that you were together were under a certain contract. And maybe it was an unhealthy one, but it was a contract nonetheless. And in that first contract, the terms of that agreement were, I put up with my spouse doing these toxic things, right? My spouse gaslights me. I had to cope with that. I didn't know what else to do. I had to tolerate that. Right? That was the contract of the relationship. It's the way you operated, which means there wasn't authentic emotional connection. There wasn't genuine transparency. Those threads that tie a relationship together weren't there. So that's great. All of a sudden, a spouse has changed. Yes, I believe people can change. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of therapy. I believe people can change. But the relationship terms have now changed, and that's a whole separate process. It's not just that one person has changed. We can create space for that, but now the relationship has changed. Suddenly, there's space to explore what is it like to relate to this person now that they're being honest with me, now that they're taking responsibility for their own actions now that they're not shaming me. So that's already a lot. Already, that's a new relationship. The old contract is gone. There's a new agreement that has to be developed and you need time. You need time to understand that. It's almost like you have to start dating again, right? It's almost like you have to go back to square one and get to know him again. What is it like to share openly? If you think about when you're first getting to know somebody, right, you take your time. You don't necessarily spill your guts or trust them on that very first date, you develop trust over time. Trust is demonstrated with consistent behaviors over time. And so you've got to create time and space for that new thread that's going to tie you together to develop, right? And that can be done in a non-shaming way. You're not saying to your spouse who's changed and who showed evidence of change, you know, with your arms crossed, well, you're just going to have to earn my trust. You know, that that sort of punitive. It's not that. What you're doing is saying, this has been hard. This has hurt me. I'm going to need some time to heal. And I'm going to need some time to learn what it's like to be in this new relationship with you that we've never had. We've never related on this level. And this is really hard. This is when a lot of marriages kind of fall apart because they don't allow for that. There's two things going on inside of you. One, I'm hurt from the past and I've got to work through that. Some of it with you, but some of it on my own. And two, I've got to figure out what it looks like to be in relationship with this new version of you. And I'm grateful this new version of you is here. I'm grateful to meet you, but I don't know you very well. You're new to me. This is new, right? I need some time for that. And so we need to label those things. We need time. And then secondly, we need to label and create space for that new relational agreement to develop. Now, I strongly and highly recommend you carve out a structure for that through therapy, that you're meeting with somebody to help you work through that new relationship and any old pain from the past, right? Because what that does, when you move into therapy, you're setting aside time each week, you know, every other week, whatever you need, you're setting aside that time to say, this is where we're going to talk about this hard stuff. This is where we're going to talk about any of my anger." That's coming up because, yeah, it's great that you're showing up for me now, but what about those 10 years, right? That's going to show up. That's normal. That is very normal response. That's your own trauma response that needs a process, right? Some of that you're going to need to work through with perhaps your own counselor Right. And some of that you're going to need to work through with your husband, and you're going to need help. You're going to need support, and you're going to need structures. You're going to need spaces where you know, man, right now, I just want to lose it on him. But if I know I've got a space to go each week where I'm going to be able to talk through this with someone who's going to mediate it, we've got a shot. Okay. So that's really key. I would say number one is time. You will need time. But number two, you need to label that period of time, both of you agree to it, and get support through it. A recent survey found that seven in 10 parents get an average of just three hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year. Moms, you deserve to have quality sleep, and I know one thing that will help. It's Cozy Earth. You can discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products, and here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code BEST OF YOU for 35% off at cozyearth.com. Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology that adapts to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. And they use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. The best part is, Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of their products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. They're built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights. Treat yourself to ultimate comfort with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code You for an exclusive 35% off. The luxury she deserves. Cozy Earth. Getting high-quality food and household essentials delivered right to my doorstep, whether it's my favorite Dave's Killer Bread, incredible wine, or seventh-generation cleaning supplies has been a game-changer for me. I love that Thrive Market only allows trusted, top-quality ingredients while restricting thousands of harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high-fructose corn syrup, and more. And with just a few clicks, I can filter out ingredients that I don't want, like gluten or high-sugar content, making it so easy to find the items I need for my family. Best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash best of you for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash best of you. Thrivemarket.com best best of you. So let me give you an example. You might need, you and your partner might need to say something to the effect of you coming together and renegotiating the terms. And you're saying, I love you. I want to give this a try. You're bringing a new version of you into this relationship that I really want to get to know. But I need some time to get to know that person and to get to trust that person. And I need some time for that person, that new you that's now here because you're healing and you're coming out from underneath the toxicity to get to know me. And part of you getting to know me is you understanding the ways that you hurt me, right? The ways that you hurt me. And that's gonna be hard and tenuous. So let's get some help. Let's call this a transitional season, And be really clear, we're going to give ourselves that gift. This is a gift. This is not punitive. This is saying, let's give ourselves the gift of a period of time of really getting to know each other again and negotiating new terms of our relationship and seeing who we are now as a couple, because the old is gone and we don't yet know what the new is. We don't yet know who we are now. So give yourself the gift of that season. Give yourself a period of time that you call a transitional period of renegotiating the relationship, getting to know each other, both the hurt that's been caused and the new possibilities as a result of this change. This also gives you a chance to develop the trust, to honor the anger and the hurt slowly over time, to grow in that, wow, I think I can trust Him again. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be, you know, backs and (laughs) forths. But if you can together. Engage a transitional season of getting to know each other again, you may well be able to come out the other side of that, a whole new couple, a whole new relationship that brings out the best of him, brings out the best of you. It won't be perfect, there will be setbacks, but where you can honor the different parts of who you are in relationship with this person who's now become someone new in many ways. So it's fragile. It's delicate. Honor that. It's okay. It's normal for it to feel that way. You do not have to. We're multifaceted people, right? There might be a part of you that's like, I'm done. That was too hard. And there might be 70% of you that's like, I'm willing to give it a shot. Honor both. Honor the the 30, 40, 50 percent of you that's like, man, this is too hard. That's valid. But also honor the other side of you, the other part of you that's like, I'm willing to give this a shot. I want to put a time limit on it. I'm willing to give it a year, two years, whatever it is, with the help of a counselor to see what if what if this relationship can become the healthy whole relationship I've longed for with this man? So I'm praying for you. I honor you. I honor the anger that has shown up. I honor the part of you that is hoping that maybe this could be real. And I also want to say one other thing if it does crash and burn, there's no shame in having given it a shot. There's no shame. As long as you're true, to yourself as long as you're listening to yourself, to God, eyes wide open. If you want to give it a shot, you do that. And there's no shame if it doesn't work out. Honor yourself every step of that way. All right. Second question. This is a really interesting question. That is also very common. My parents were absent. They did not give me emotional nurturing or support. In fact, I'm thinking after listening to your episode, they were narcissistic. They didn't ask me about my life. They never acknowledged anything I was involved in. I was a good athlete in school. I always made the honor roll. They never showed up. They never acknowledged my accomplishments. As an adult, I find myself constantly seeking external validation from other people. I constantly seek affirmation. I constantly ask people to support me, to tell me that I'm doing okay. It's embarrassing. How do I stop? So I want to start by saying I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you did not get That parenting that you needed. I'm so sorry that your parents missed out on you. I'm so sorry they missed out on the joy of seeing you be such a bright light, such a beautiful young girl, right? So full of life and talents and just all the different aspects of who you are. I'm so sorry that you missed out on their parenting. And you know what? They missed out on so much because of their being stuck in their own toxic patterns of behavior. They missed out on the beautiful soul that you are. So this is such a loss for you. And I'm so sorry that this has been your story. What I wanna say to you is this, it's never too late. You can learn to reparent yourself. You can learn to give yourself that validation, that unconditional love that you needed, that seeing, that witnessing that you needed. It will be a process. And we'll get more into that in future episodes. But just for today, what I wanna say is, I wouldn't frame it as how do I stop seeking validation from others? Because in fact, that's actually a fairly adaptive coping strategy. You figured out, man, I didn't get anything. Nobody ever helped me see myself, helped me know myself, helped me affirm myself. So I have this part of me that now goes around and tries to get other people to help me validate myself. There's no shame in that. That's a very adaptive coping strategy, right? So- I get it. I get that you want to grow in this area. But what I would do is shift it to instead of I want to stop seeking validation because that's not all bad, I would shift it to how can I move toward asking for what I need from other people? And there's a subtle difference from seeking the validation of others, which is I can't do this without you to moving toward asking for what you need from others, which is, here's what I think is true. I'd value your perspective. But at the end of the day, you are still connecting to you. You are still connecting more and more to what you believe to be true about yourself. Okay? So it's less urgent. It's less of a anxiety response, which is so often this compulsive need to get validation. It starts with an anxiety response, right? It's like a panic. It's like, I need, I need validation. I need someone to tell me, okay, what, what if I'm, what if I'm wrong? What if I can't make this decision right? What if I'm not seeing this correctly? What if I'm a fool? You know, and so there's sort of this anxiety self-doubt cycle that the only way you know how to break, which makes sense is to reach out to somebody who you know, loves you and say, Hey, can you help me through this? That makes a lot of sense. Especially in the absence of healthy parenting. So, a couple of things you can do to just shift that a little bit. Number one, start getting curious about how that feeling surfaces in your body. So when you're tempted to ask for validation, right, when you start to spin inside, when you start to doubt yourself, when you start to, you know, text someone or reach for the phone, see if you can pause just 30 seconds, just 30 seconds and notice what's happening inside of you. Your nervous system is probably anxious. It's firing. You're feeling disconnected And you're really wanting connection more than anything, right? So in that 30-second pause, just take a deep breath and notice the real need beneath the need in a way, right? The real need is, I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling scared. And the first thing I want to do is reach out for someone to tell me I'm okay, Right? And that's not all bad. There's no shame in that. But just begin to notice what that feels like in your body. And in that 30 second pause, take some deep breaths. Notice what that feels like for you. See if you can ask yourself what is the real thing that I need here? I really need to just feel more grounded. I really just need to feel supported, right? That's okay. That's you knowing what you need. And even in that 30-second pause, you're shifting the energy inside of you so that even if you do end up reaching out for validation, it's coming from a slightly different place, right? Instead of that urgency of texting and then waiting, 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 waiting for that response, right? It's a much calmer, more intentional saying to a friend, hey, I'm struggling, I wonder if I could bounce something off of you. Would you be open to hearing me? Which just gives you one more layer of that feeling of calm, right? There's just a little less urgency. There's just a little more, I think I'm okay. I think I know what I'm doing here, but it would be so helpful to me if I could get your perspective on this. The goal isn't to stop seeking support from other people. The goal is to learn how to soothe your own nervous system a little bit, is to learn how to take those deep breaths when you feel like you're desperate for that validation and remind yourself, wait a minute, I'm seen, I'm loved, I'm okay I have people who know me. I have people who see me, right? There's no shame in this. And you're just trying to increase that distance between when you reach out for help and what's going on inside of your body. Okay, these are all things we're gonna get into in episodes to come. But I just wanted to answer these two questions briefly because they really resonate with so much of what I hear. When when you're dealing with healing from a narcissistic wound, when you're dealing with healing from someone who's been gaslighting you, it really starts with paying attention to what's happening inside of you. Taking that pause, taking that deep breath, asking yourself, what do I need in this situation to feel more grounded? Just imagining yourself more rooted all the way down deep inside And then reaching out for what you need. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Best of You. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources and links mentioned in the show. You can find those on my website at drallisoncook.com. That's Allison with one L, cook.com. Before you forget, I hope you'll follow the show now so that you don't miss an episode. And I'd love it if you'd go ahead and leave a review. It helps so much to get the word out. I look forward to seeing you back here next Thursday. And remember, as you become the best of who you are, you honor God, you heal others, and you stay true to your God-given self.